Welcome to episode 14 of the Brawl Podcast with me, Ishin, and AJ. The overview of this episode is we'll be analysing the games, the goals, players, the link-up plays, the VAR decisions, um, handballs, penalties, of what, which may have occurred, and also stating predictions for game week 10. Not next week, but the week after. How are you, AJ? I'm very good, man. Very, very good. Been talking a lot of football, just come from work, being very productive. So I'm, I'm very happy. Why is it you're very happy? Because the usual episodes, you're not very happy, but this episode, we're both happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. I think it's because we didn't say one particular name in the introduction. I think it's because we have one man down. Mm, one man down. Joe, you know I'm calling fraudulence on this. Why? For the viewers yeah. that don't know, Hamza has come down with COVID. Yes. But the reason I'm calling fraudulence is when I had COVID, I was here every week on the pod, giving my opinions, you guys up, and Hamza <laughs> is man down in his bed, dead. You well, had COVID for about six months. You, you self-isolated about ten times. Hey, I was here all the time, though. This guy had COVID for one week and he's gone. All right, fair enough, fair enough. You're a, you're a warrior. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand, like, his little brother went out to drop some off. He got COVID. And his whole family got COVID. And then he got COVID. Do you know what? I know the story of how he got COVID. How? I don't think it's good for the viewers to know how he got it. Oh. He was very irresponsible, I will say that. So, people, wear your masks, keep your distance, wash your hands, but don't drink bleach. I think it's just because he lives in fucking Rivulton. Oh, Rivulton. Yeah. I did a walk from Fullwood Deepdale in Rivulton. The air changed about three times, honestly. And if you take a detour through Plungington, oh my God, <laughs> you'll, you'll come out higher than when you went in. <laughs> Mate, if you walk in Rivulton, you just like you just want to get out. It's so lucky. It's, it's literally at the edge of Preston and not in the centre. Out of the way. Out of the way. Just like Arsenal and Tottenham in London. Oh. No, not Tottenham, you know. Tottenham rising up, you know, still. Tottenham they rising can rise up. up. They can rise up all the while, but when they get to the final, they won't have it. not going to lie. To be honest, I prefer Tottenham than Arsenal. You might hate <sighs> me, but... Do you know what? I always hated Spurs, but the... the... We'll get on to it soon. About you only like Spurs because of that documentary on Amazon Prime when Jose Mourinho came and got fucked no, up. It's important to know I don't like Spurs. I hate Spurs. I'd join the yeah, but if you had to choose one, if I had to choose one, I'd choose Arsenal. Because oh, yeah, I hate with their Spurs. deluded fans right now, like DT and oh, Troops. Their fans is what is pushing me over the edge to choose to Spurs. like Tottenham more. That's why I chose Spurs because Spurs fans, like, they're just funny. But, like, Arsenal fans, they were funny at the beginning. But now they're just deluded. Once the, the money came rolling in and the viewers came rolling in and they get so much attention, oh, fuck, it takes me to another level. Well, let's, let's, let's just switch let's, gears now. Let's, let's leave that banter FC and let's talk about... Another banter FC. No, another banter not... FC. No, no, no. I still think it's a banter gone. FC. I still think it's banter FC. Even though we won 3 1, I've still got a lot of negative comments to say about United. Fire away. First, I'll talk about the positive. I'll talk about the goals. First goal, I'll, I'll be talking about United, but I was going to care less about the toughest goals. Well, just real quick, Everton got a really lucky goal with Bernard. Yeah. Oh, yes, game. now I remember. Through um, Wan Bissanka's legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very lucky goal. It caught the hair offside. It caught it, yeah. initially one in ten chance of going in. I mean, one in ten chance going in and through the through his legs. Yeah. Moving on, um, Bruno's goal. The thing is with these goals, I can't really talk about because it, it wasn't beautiful link up play. It was just good football, not good football. It's just football, standard football that you should play. Good crossing by Luke Shaw. Second time he's done it. First time was with um, Martial against Istanbul. Second time in, Bruno headed it. Very good header. I did not expect that much power to come off. Mm. Um, right corner. All I saw was Pickford diving like a fucking monk. Like he is. Uh, second goal. It, 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 it wasn't meant for a goal. It meant for a cross. But it ended up being a goal because Rashford didn't get a touch on it. It was one like of them. 
it was one of them where do you know we take free kicks and you just put it in the area. If no one gets a touch, you expect it goes to go in. in. Yeah, it was one of them. I think if Rashford got a touch on it, which would have uh, hit it straight at keeper, Pickford would have saved it. Got a hand on it. Nah, it's still Pickford though, isn't it? Yeah, we went through his fucking Squidward arms. Uh, moving on, last goal, Rashford, straight to the centre, passed it to the left, Cavani slotted it in, first goal. Also, I want to talk about one, should we talk about the controversial thing with Maguire and Pickford? Or should we leave it until later? I just don't think it's even worth talking about, to be honest. We've got a lot to talk about in this episode, so it'll just get lost. Mm. Alright, let's just keep it simple. Do yeah. you think that was a pen? I think it was. I think it was, yeah. Even though I hate Maguire, I would have done the exact same thing. But it was a pen. The keeper kicked him and the defender kicked him both at the same time without even touching the ball. And did, did you see that video? I think, I, I don't know who it was. He went to uh, Maguire and goes, get up, you diving con. Oh, was it Seamus Coleman? Seamus Coleman, yeah. Twat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he turned around and I stood on the side. I thought you were injured. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moving I'm on. So what do you say? I love Maguire. I fucking hate you now as well. Things. He's the meme that keeps on giving. Moving on, negative comments. There's a few negative comments. The first half defensively was very poor. Second half, they, they they stepped up, but it was still a bit shaky. But it looked stronger than the first half. First off, Lindelof, I don't know what he was doing, the headers he was doing. I'm just like, mate, are you trying to head it down to the ground to the mole people or are you trying to head it away? His eyes were fixed, concentrated on the floor whilst his head was down. You don't hit, I mean, you don't head the ball with your head. You head the ball with your forehead away from goal. And Maguire, he watches the ball and follows the ball. He's like Hamza. He thinks he's a burger. Right, left, left, yeah, 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 boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I just got what you were talking about. Huh? I just, I was like, what is he talking about? And then you said Hamza watching a burger left and right, and I'm like, oh. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Viewers, if you want Adrian to understand something, just mention Hamza in food and kick straight oh, away. Oh, gosh. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, he, he does that. He does that every single game. Like, he doesn't mark the man. Luke Shaw has to mark his man, which leaves Luke Shaw's man on the right hand, well, on his left, which, or United's defence is left, but the attacker's right, free to smash it down that wing and box it in for a corner, which creates more chance of someone flicking it on, heading it in, which is just more danger threat. And another thing, because I don't want to focus on the defence too much, because I'm literally just me repeating myself every single episode. United's attack. Yeah, we score wonders of goals. Martial, Rashford, they can finish it. But when it comes to one-on-ones, I don't understand what goes through their heads. They love to hit it straight at the keeper's legs. Forget the megs. Forget trying to get it like, through the keeper's leg. Hit it on the side. There's a higher chance of the keeper saving it if you hit it straight at them. If you hit it on the side, there's a, there's a higher percentage of you scoring and a lower percentage of you missing. Because it's open, it's it's an open space, it's an open goal section. If you're hitting it straight at the keeper, the keeper's in front of you, obviously he's going to save it. There's a 1 in 10 chance that you're going to score. Exactly like Bernard, how he scored, there's a 1 in 10 chance. He goes mm. through someone's legs. Over 9 times, he saves it. Like what Pickford did numerous times. And all the other keepers coming against United, that's what they do numerous times. Yeah. And it's not just the players, I think it's the manager as well. Because, let's just compare it to Tottenham, right? Tottenham's got, let's just say, on paper, you put out the Tottenham's players and the United players on paper. On paper, United's team looks better on paper, like, regarding the names and the world class, etc. Correct? Nah, this is where I got to disagree because Kane, Son. No, Gale. I know, I know that. I know that, yeah. You, you talk about three. Names. I'm telling you, Son. Yeah, then you get Van der Beek, then you got Bruno, the then you got Pogba, then you got David De Gea. You've got all these players. And Oli, he's had two years, two and a half years at the job. And he still hasn't found the right or the correct way of utilising each player and bouncing them off. Look at Poch. He managed to do it. And people compare Poch to Oli, but you can't compare him. One's a world-class manager who brought a shitty team from, from London 
who's got no trophies in the club. Our D Cup doesn't count for all you fucking Spurs fans. And took them to the Champions League final. Do you think Oli could bring it to the Champions League final? Got knocked out of fucking Europa League like it was nothing because we were shit. And you look at the gameplay whilst Oli has been managing United. You don't know what the gameplay is. You don't know what the tactics are. You don't know how they play. It's like a free-for-all. You know it's what? like... No, no, let me finish. It's like he's gone through seven slash eight formations and... They, they all don't work because he just keeps he doesn't trust in the formation he, he he doesn't let it settle like if you stick with one thing the players are going to learn and adapt to play like that so if you're running on the wing and you want that through ball you're going to expect someone to be there because that's what you've been implemented for games and games and games if you're changing every game then you don't know where that person's going to be because you haven't implemented it that that's not been molded in you within the, the training sessions, within the games previously. It's all United do. It's like, oh, wait, he's not there because we change formations every game. Let me just turn around and pass to Fred who fucking slips on the ball or McTominay who just dives in. Yeah. I see just passing back. I see what you're saying. Do you know what? It's, it's the same as Arteta. Arteta and Solskjaer are exact same. Only difference is Solskjaer's been doing it longer. With Solskjaer... He's played about three, four, five different formations. He played the four-three-three when he first came. The four-one-two-one-two. He's played the diamond. He's played both back threes. Uh, he's played a four-two-three-one. He's played all these formations within the space of two years, and the only time he's shown consistency with one of them was the four-three-three when he had that eighteen-game unbeaten run, where the one where he beat PSG the first time. Yeah. That's where the only time he showed consistency and the team actually gelled and looked good. And at that time, he didn't have Bruno Fernandes yeah. either. So the team itself looked really good when he showed consistency. But the thing mm. with Oli is he doesn't have a set way of playing. And that is the same with Arteta. And we'll touch on him when we talk about the Arsenal game. We'll do more than touch on him. We'll, we'll ram him into the ground. But he doesn't have a set way of playing, Oli. And when the manager doesn't have a set way of playing, the players don't have a set way to follow. If they can't follow, if a if a playwright doesn't write a script, the actors can't act or speak because they've not been given the instructions. That's the yeah. job of the play, playwright, like it is the job of Solskjaer, which is not consistency yeah. from the manager or anything coming from the manager. The players are left to their own devices, and if you play FIFA yeah. and you do custom tactics, it's like putting everybody on free roam, like yeah. you touched on. Like the whole point of consistency is to gel plays together. And it's so you know the way your teammates play, the runs they normally make, and how they would play. You're seeing that with Chelsea now, and they're yeah. slowly gelling. And but you've seen it with Ziyech and Vernon. Ziyech will play a Hollywood ball right on the money. Half the time it will hit Werner, and Werner will make something of it. The other fifty percent of the time it won't hit Werner, but Werner puts his hands up and acknowledges it and goes, "Good ball, we'll get it next time." That's yeah. the difference, and Solskjaer doesn't have that. So, really, with him, you're just waiting for him to leave now. But with Solskjaer, it's, it's characteristic of him where when the chips are down and he needs a win, he'll get a win. And he did that against mm. Everton. So, with Poch now that you touched on, if he doesn't get put in this international break, and I'm talking at the start of it, not the end, at the start, if he doesn't yeah. get put in, you're not going to see him move club until next summer because he's yeah. going to need a window. He's going to need time to sit with the players, and you can't put him in mid-season. It'll be disastrous. But with Poch as well, you called him world-class, and even though he did that with Spurs, he didn't win it. He he was the first loser. And you can say all this about he wasn't back with money, but when you've got a team of Sun, Harry Kane, an inform Ali, an inform Ericsson, two world-class centre-halves in Vertonghen, Alderweireld, a world-class goalkeeper, you had a good, solid left-back in Davies, and you're not even making a dent in Liverpool in a Champions League final. I don't think you can call him world-class, but at the same time, if he came into United, he's the same as Oli because he's still unproven. He's not won anything. And United need a winner. They need a winner yeah. to instill a winning mentality because where United had the trophies, they've not had the manager who has that mentality of winning. Like You're pretty much the inverse of Spurs right now. Spurs don't have trophies, but Mourinho does. United mm. have trophies, but Solskjaer doesn't. 
to address what Tottenham's issue was, they brought in the trophy man with Mourinho. But mm. United have gone He's got that winning mentality. Exactly. You need a winner. Mm. And you can see what Mourinho is doing now with Spurs. A similar thing could happen with United if he's given time. But I don't think Poch is the answer. That's the thing. I'd rather bring in a manager who uses tactics that we can see and it changes the game. With Oli, he did, it's, it's, there's no tactics. And I think I blame him and his team around him. Because I don't know what goes on. I think literally all that goes on in the training ground is fitness, fitness, fitness. Personally, that's what I think. Hmm. I because can see there's, what literally, there's fitness-wise, we're good. But any other reasons, we're not, are we? So, no. Do you know what I think? Do you know when kids see a new toy? Mm. Like you had it when you were young and then you got given a new car and you played with the car for like a week and then you dash it off. Yeah. Solskjaer right now is doing that with the back three formation most of the time. Every t- he, he discovered the back three and was so happy he used it any opportunity he could and then he binned it off. Yeah. And now he's doing the same with the diamond. And the diamond doesn't work with the players that you have because Pogba isn't... I was talking to Matt about this and he educated me a bit, but Pogba isn't the type of player to run up and down the pitch, box to box. No. And he's too lazy. Run for, he's not lazy, it's just not his game. He, he's, he's the type of I player... Think, I think he's got too much bit bigger of an ego. I think he's... He's thinking he's the biggest in the club. I think he's... He's got a big ego. Because when he plays for France, he's got other players above his level who's won more, who's actually won things. Not bigger ego-wise, but who can say, oh, yeah, I've won Champions League, though. I've won Premier League, though. What have you won? With him, he thinks, oh, yeah, I've done this. I've won the World Cup. I've done this at Juventus. So I think when he comes into United, he thinks he's the best. So I feel like he doesn't have to... Because the thing is, he's guaranteed... So he's guaranteed time at United, like game time. I think that that's gone to his head because he's like, oh yeah, but I'm still gonna play, so mm. I'm not gonna give him 100. percent I don't but agree need to look up... with that because when you look at Pogba at Juve, which is why you spent the 80 million, he was in a midfield of Andrea Pirlo and Claudio Marchisio. Marchisio and yeah. Pirlo would do yeah. all the work and then let They'd Pogba not... be free. Yeah, but that's what you gotta realize. There's other players who's better than him so he has to rise up to the occasion he has to be like oh shit I'm with the big boys now I gotta rise up now with with players like Fred and fucking McTominay he's the biggest one so he's just like oh yeah let, let me settle down a bit L- let these these two rise up a bit it doesn't give him that force it doesn't if you if you play football with if, if you play in the team with the best players in the world you want to play your best correct your best is best. But if you play with Uzla, you're not going to give your 100%, are you? The, the, the thing with this point is, right, when you signed Pogba, what did you sign him for? I didn't want him to sign him. I didn't, there's a reason why Fergie let him go. But there's a reason, there's why, a reason why Fergie let him go. To get him back. Well, Fergie weren't there, was he? If Fergie was there, he would have disallowed it. Fergie was on the board and advised. He did not advise. He, did. he had a problem with Pogba, that's why I let him go. Did you not see the reports in 2013? Him and um, him, him and Fergie had a massive problem. That's why he, he let him go. Yeah, but time heals wounds. But with Pogba, you, it's not his game. You wouldn't play Ozil as a centre mid. You'd play Ozil as a 10. It's like saying hmm. you wouldn't play Aguero as a right winger. It's just not his game. And Hamza would. Hamza would, but that's why Hamza will never go anywhere near a football or even coach football. With Pogba, well, his coach football under 11s was it? I thought it was under sevens. Oh, I thought it was under fives. I thought it was newborns. Uh, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> but, but with Pogba, right, it's not his game, and at the same mm. time, it is Van der Beek's game. But at the yeah. same time, it's Fred's game. But it's not McTominay. I don't rate Fred. I don't rate Fred on McTominay. When I look at Fred, he's had good games. But if you look at this this game and the previous game, what does he do? He dives into challenges. 
He dives in, which allows the other player just to pass it off or go through him, which leaves him standing there like, oh, shit, he's gone past me now. He's... I don't like the way both of them play football. But I can comment on, but I can't just say it like, like, right now, I need the game in front of me that I can analyse it. With Fred, he does the same thing game in, game out. He's had good games, don't get me wrong, but recently, he's been doing the same, same, same thing. He dives into challenges. He follows the ball instead of marking the man. The thing is, right, with your midfield, the diamond, what it should be is Matic sitting, the two wide centre mids should be Van der Beek and Fred, and the cam should be Bruno. The way Solskjaer is mm. playing it is McTominay is the right centre mid, and Fred is the DM. He's not touching Van der Beek, and he's playing Bruno at the 10. The only good thing there is Bruno at the 10. Fred's not a CDM. He's a box-to-box mm. intercepted midfielder. Just like in Golo Kante. So when you're telling me yeah. he's lunging in and that, that's his game. He's going to win some of those. He's going to lose some of those. It's what Kante does. He'll win most, but he'll lose some because he's pressing and he's trying to win the ball. It comes with the role. But when you're playing Fred at DM and he's trying to play his game, you can't coach the, the game out of the player. That's his nature. If he's not a DM, don't play him at DM. If he's saying to you, Gaffer, I can't play at DM, and you're going to play in DM, that's up to Solskjaer, and the blame's on Solskjaer. Fred should be right mm. centre mid and Van der Beek on the left. They have the energy to play that role, and that is their game. Bruno at 10 is his game. But Solskjaer is picking a system that doesn't suit the players that he wants to play. Mm. So you're seeing Solskjaer switch it up with all these tactics where he doesn't know where he wants to play, but also he doesn't understand how his players want to play as well. So it's a really okay. big mess at United. That's all I've got to say about United. I mean, just before we round up on United, what is the future for United now? Because you're in an uncertain period. You've got Pogba, who's uncertain about his future. He's gone back to France. We're going to hear stuff about that inevitably. Solskjaer's on the rocks. Poch is in the wings. You need signings. And that's stupid to say when you spent over £200 on the Solskjaer, but you still need some because I think you need two centre-offs. I think you need a. We need yeah. we need to centre back. Yeah, I think as well. You need a right winger. It's so yeah, hundred percent. See, and hundred percent, hundred percent. Because think about it, Matt is not a right winger. He could play right winger, but not not anymore. Mm. He's a box to box player. He's he's a cent- central midfielder. He's a cam role. He's a CM slash cam. Yeah, you can't force him on the right. The thing is, he's old now. He doesn't have that much pace. He doesn't have that much strength ability-wise. And, and, and we saw that against Istanbul. We need a right winger because Mason Greenwood, he's a striker. You can't force him on the right wing. You're throwing away his talent. When he played strike, when he came on from the subs, goal on, the, on his right foot, goal on the left foot. Why? Because he played in the centre as a striker. You could play him as a centre-forward. You could. You could play him as a centre-forward and striker. But... Right wing, he's not fit for right wing. What is he? Six foot, six two. He's fast, but he's not rapid fast. Yeah, I... like he's a bit stocky and he's not clunky, but he's a bit stocky. And I like as a right winger, you, you don't need stocky. You need like thin or small. Yeah. And James, he's I, I don't know why we bought him. I mean, I think we should honestly don't know why we bought him. He's not been playing at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why he's not been playing because all he does is run on the wing. He's got no passing ability. He's got no shooting ability. He's got no dribbling ability. The only ability he's got is pass. I mean, not passing, pace. He bombs it down the wing and instead of looking, cutting back, passing, he just boxes it in, boxes it in, boxes it in. One out of 17 chances went in. One out of 17 isn't enough. He needs to calm down. He needs to look at his options. If there's a player free in the box or a player who's most likely to get ahead on it instead of going to the other side of the other side of the pitch, which is what normally happens, or first row fucking fans. He needs to improve his ability on stopping, calming down the play, passing, looking for an option. Always look for an option. Don't just bomb it in, like box it in, box it in, box it in. Because that, that's not always the way. Because opposite teams will realise it and all they'll do is they just put more players in the box. Or the keeper will come out and catch it. 
Do you know what I think about United? Just in closing for this game, mm. they need. Do you know what? If you told me, AJ, your executive of United for this summer only, two hundred million. Here you go. Go buy me two players. I'd buy Jack Grealish and I'd buy Jadon Sancho. That would transform your team. I wouldn't do that. Why not? Grealish is a left winger, right? Yeah. Don't need a left winger. This is what I'll do. We have two hundred million. How much is Sancho? Let's just call we it. We gave him ninety million. Let's just say Let's 90 just call million. it hundred grand number. Ah, hundred. That's a right winger. Buy striker for fifty. You don't need a striker. Buy centre back. All right, okay, okay. Let's not. You got try. four. You got Cavani, Greenwood, okay. Martial, Rashford. Rashford's on left. Now he's a striker, but he's been put on the left. Yeah, but he can perform on the left, and that Greenwood. Yeah, but he can, but he's not. He's not okay, okay, okay. We don't need a left winger because we 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 we've got someone who can fill in this space. No, but I think but, you do need a left winger because you talked about Luke Shaw two games in two now putting balls into the box, but I've never heard you... that's when Alex Telles comes in because he's got yeah, corona, but I've never so heard he's self-isolated. Rashford put a sick ball in there because when Rashford gets the ball on the left, his first thought in the box is and shoot. No, but listen, listen, listen. If you looked at the game, the the key area with this 200 million, you're focusing on the key areas, not what you could improve. If we had more money, then yeah, go for it. I'm not stopping you. But right wing and central defence, that's the two key areas that you're going to improve. That's what I'd improve. If you give me 200 million, I'd be like, I get a right winger. I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't be like, yeah, my number one choice is Jaden Sancho. I'll look around for my options. I'll look at my options and then I'll choose one. Centre back, I'll do the same thing. Young, strong, talented. Well, if you're if they're cheap, if if they're hundred, if they're under hundred mil, and let's just say they're below fifty mil each, I'll buy two, two centre backs for under fifty mil each. That's hundred mil. I'll buy a right winger for hundred. Well, mil. if you give me that three players for mil, I'd do you all of your positions. It's it's pretty simple. Dortmund wanted a hundred for Sancho, and he's yours. Suddenly, you got a world class right winger for years to come. Your new number seven, marketability, yeah. goals, assists, done. Left wing, Jack Grealish, you can get him for 50, 60 million, but you're not having put the money down. That's 150, 60 million spent. To be and honest, Dio Upamakano from Leipzig next summer, 38 million pound release clause. That's what I mean, listen. With 200 mil- million, I'll manage to get more. Why? Because I'll release some players we don't use. Lingard, get the fuck Who's out of here. Money Rojo, get the fuck out of here. Jones, get the fuck out of here. If you give me a year to sort out the players and the transfers, I'll make sure United win Champions League and the Premier League within five years. I don't think you can say that with full confidence because Spurs look I can. Spurs look like a different beast now. Chelsea are ripping up trees. You've still got City and Liverpool in there. It's going to be hard. Mate, I'm telling you, if you give me a managerial role... And I can assign someone a sporting director, Edwin van der Sar, coming son. I'll straighten the players out. All right. What if I'll be like, I'll be like, you making me say you're not playing next game. I'll say to Maguire, give me captain. I'll take the captain bars off him. Bruno, ego, son, you deserve it. Maguire, pack your bags. You're going back to Leicester, lad. Right. So how much Fuck would off. Leicester pay for him, even if they wanted him? Me, 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 me. You can take it for free. <laughs> take him for free. Mate, you'll get Hustle, sacked next take morning. That's free. eighty million pounds really? lost from the Glazers. Well, that's not my problem. I'll tell the Glazers. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a flare in the house and be like, "You fire me. See what happens to you after." So then <laughs> they fire me one day. The day after, they're going to reinstate me again. First day at United, he's going to commit assault. He's going to get sacked, and he's going to let Maguire go on a free and have an eighty million pound loss. And the next day, I'm going to get reinstated because the Glazers will find out. Okay. Nah, but let's just I'll sell Maguire. I'll sell all the, the, the dead stock that we don't need. And I'll just improve two centre backs, a right wing and a potential left wing. That's it. We all hoped it was that simple, eh? Mm. Hashtag bring Ismail to bring Ismail to United. Hashtag we don't promote assault. Hashtag we do promote assault to Oh, my God. 
Moving on, on assault. Chelsea's assault on Sheffield Ooh, United 4 1. Say it again. Say it again. You know what? You know one thing that pissed me off? What? That one goal Sheffield scored. It was such a lucky goal. Like, there's nothing Mendy could do it about it. It was a good goal. Nothing that, to be honest, nothing the defenders could do about it. They marked them in. It was a really, like, it was literally like a, a, like a behind flick. The quality goal. Quality goal, yeah. No, I'm not, not going to lie. Like, the, there's, there's, there's goals where someone's to blame. I don't think anyone's I'm... to blame. Kante. 100% Kante's to blame. Yeah, bro, it was a good goal. Like you can't like blame Kante. I can hundred percent blame Kante because when the first corner came in, we dealt with it. Second corner comes in, he's got his back turned to the play. First mistake. After that, ball gets played short. He goes towards the ball. He's got Ziek behind him. The ball goes back across the box towards the guy in the middle. Ziek points to the runner that's going to go behind Kante. Ziek presses the ball. And instead of Kante listening to Ziyech, you can see him shouting and pointing. Even though he's behind him and pointing, he's still shouting. He's not listening to Ziyech and he presses the same man that Ziyech's pressing already. And then the ball gets played in behind Kante. Gates of space. Simple pass across the box goal. If Kante listens to Ziyech and marks the runner and doesn't vacate the space and leaves a big space in behind, we would have been fine. But he decided to press the man that Ziyech was already pressing and we conceded that space, which is why the goal happened. I feel bad for Mendy, mate. Honestly, I don't feel, feel bad for him. him. He's had an amazing start, even if he conceded the goal. Yeah. can Improve that start. More clean sheets. He's already had but... the best, so I don't think he's too down about it. But let's talk about the game in general. Oh. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you... Take the hand on this one, uh-huh. and then after I'll I'll do the same what you did. Okay, okay. But well, this game, the Four first points. fifty minutes were atrocious. Like we were old Chelsea. We were Chelsea from last year, the one that didn't look energetic, the one that didn't want to win, the one that was lackluster. That one, the goal happened, yeah. and five minutes after that goal, we were still like that. And then there's this new term I like to use, and it's it's more of a phrase. It's like. When when players need to go, they go. And that's what we have in us now. Ah, after that, f- five minutes after their goal, the play, Ziek, Werner, Tammy, Cover, Mount, they all just went. They were, they just, they goed. They went. And oh my God, was it relentless. After that first 15 minutes, we were imperious. We were relentless. We were bursting down with Sheffield. And it's important to know we talk about the game. This Sheffield team held Arsenal nearly, held Liverpool nearly, mm. held City nearly. All the results 2-1 to Sheffield when they played them. 2-1, just about scraped it. Chelsea going, all right, we concede because of one lapse of concentration. But then we just went. And Ziyech looks amazing. He looks world-class. And it's no surprise that he's the signing that does the best straight away. It's because of his experience. The man's got Champions League experience. Mm. He's got heard of his experience. He's 27. He knows his way around the football pitch and the way around the league. So there was a reason why he was amazing straight away. The balls he was putting in. The first goal. What was the first goal? I can't even remember we scored that many. Do you remember? No. Well, let me... I saw the goal. It was a quality goal. Let me just try to remember. The funniest one was uh, Chilwell's. Uh, well... When he, he was literally like... Four corner, just hit him when he went in. I was oh, like, now I remember even the goal. goals. That's it. Tammy's first goal. Talk about Tammy's first goal. Uh, I think it it was a lucky goal because it bounced off the ground. It weren't power, but it was just it was more like the keeper didn't expect it because it bounced off the ground and then just like it went over the defender's head and above. It the wasn't so. lucky, but he got the rub of the green with Tammy's first goal. Yeah, it shows an improvement in Tammy because previously last year when he got the ball. Sometimes he'd be too, he'd wait on the ball. This time it was shoot on sight, kill on sight. He got the ball in the box. And the reason why I say it wasn't lucky is because yeah. he guided it into that far post. The way, the reason he got the roll off the green is because yeah. it, it hit the ground and then up. Either way, the direction was spot on. So that was a great first goal. And we responded straight away, which is what I liked. Our heads didn't drop. We went for the kill straight away. Who scored the second goal? Ziek. The second goal was Chilwell. 
Chilwell. So Ziyech. Oh, it was that lucky one with that banging cross. Exactly. Ziyech with that banging cross. You'll notice it's a lot with Ziyech. And when he gets found out, he'll have to adapt. But every time you give him the ball on the right, he's always going to cut on his left. He'll Mm. cut on his left and he'll play that ball to the back stick. If you look at Ajax, where they had Ziyech and Tagliafico, that ball was always played. And the reason why we got Chilwell is because he can go forward and back. And they said it themselves. They worked on it in training, that second goal. It was either Tammy, I mean, Timo or Chilwell always running in at the back post in, tra- in training. And at this time, it was Chilwell. And even though it was lucky, the man still put himself about and he put himself in danger. And he got he got his rewards for it. Banging cross from Ziyech. Lucky goal, but a just goal. It was It was a good goal because even though it wasn't football that scored, it was heart and it was bravery that scored. And it was just our relentless mm. nature that scored. So the second goal was good. The third goal was Thiago Silva's header. Another great ball for Hakim Ziyech into the box. Flicked on from Thiago Silva into the net. And what I liked about this goal is when he put the ball down for the free kick, Reese James is like I'm getting angry at him. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's Hakim Ziyech. And then I got flashbacks from Ajax against Chelsea. Remember where he whipped it and he hit the post and went in mm. direct? I had flashbacks. I'm like, he's going to do the same. And do you know what? If Thiago Silva don't touch that ball, he probably does the same, you know. he wait, The way Ziek puts his crosses in, it's flat, it's dead ball, and it's powerful. And he, he just gonna, he's going to arrow it in with such accuracy. He's got the best left foot in the world. Besides mm. Ian Robin when he was in his prime, Ziek has the best left foot in the world currently. That is a wonderful left foot. His delivery from set pieces, his delivery from open play on that left. He picks a ball out, it goes to where it needs to go. And we saw that with with Werner's first chance. Ziyech picks the ball up, middle of the park. One touch out of his feet, bang. Werner's clean through on goal, one-on-one. He goes for the chip. And you know what? Yeah, a, a guy with his confidence right now, eight goals in 11 games in all competitions, and then like four assists. Man with his confidence, go for the chip. He missed it by millimetres. That would have been a third assist for Ziyech. Two, three minutes after, the fourth goal happens. And remember when I talked about that phrase? Just where the players go. Werner mm. did that. And Tammy did it, to be fair. It was a, it was what I talked about with Fred being an interceptor midfielder. Kante was doing that high up the pitch. He won the ball. It broke loose, went into open space. My first, my first instinct was to look at Tammy and Werner. And both of them just went. And Werner's electric pace got him in behind. He, he was behind the defender, by the way. And he, he beat him to the ball by like 10, 15 yards. And then it was shoot on sight, killer instinct, straight away, powered past the keeper. No chance. 4-1 Chelsea. Good night, Vienna. All in all, <laughs> it was a smashing performance. It showed a lot of improvements from last year for the fact that we're killing games off. We're now coming from behind. We're now being... We're finishing off the chances that we were creating last year, but we're now finishing them off. That was a big problem for us. Last year, we created the second most chances in the league, but we scored like the fifth or sixth most. Now, Chelsea create the most chances in the league. We scored the most goals as of recording. We've got the second best defensive record, and everything is looking lovely jubbly. Now, what did me and you say at the start of the season? We said, let them gel. But where it was different is when people were criticizing Lampard, saying he's out of his depth and he shouldn't be a manager and he needs to get sacked. There's pressure on Lampard. I was calm and I said, he needs his players, he signed some new ones. Let them all get into the team and then we can judge him. The players are starting to gel. All his signings are now in the team besides Havertz, who's got COVID. And they're playing like beasts. And what's even more scary for the rest of the league is that in that game where we won 4-1, Pulisic and Havertz weren't even on the pitch. Wait until these bowlers get on the pitch. Saying it now, Chelsea, best attack in Europe. You tell me attack better than Pulisic, Werner, Ziyech, Havertz. I'll wait. 
Preston North oh, Preston End. can attack, to be fair. They just can't defend. And, <laughs> and the keeper. But we'll, we'll leave that alone. We're a championship <laughs> podcast. When they come in the Prem next year, we'll talk about them. When he comes to the Prem, I'm moving from United to Preston. Yeah, I, I might move <laughs> just for the bench. But it was a great performance. And I'm going to say it now. We're not. I'm not going to say it now in terms of we're going to win the league. I'm not going to say it now. But the moment where I will say it, and I'm going to say this is the moment where Chelsea will be will be widely recognised as the main title contenders is when we go to Spurs in a few weeks. And I'm projecting when we go to Spurs, the top three will be Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham. Liverpool or Tottenham first, and then Chelsea, like, third. In the prediction, I put Chelsea to win, but I doubt that'll happen. I think they'll become top two. But... We'll talk about Prem and when they finish at the end of the season, but I put they'll win it. But I'm saying... If we go to Spurs and we turn them over and we absolutely rollick them, that is when people are going to be like, and this is when that switch is going to happen, they're going to be like, do you know what, this Lampard, yeah, he, he, he's got a few tactics, you know. I think Chelsea are going to win the league. That's going to be the statement game. When we go to Spurs, I'm going to say it now, we're going to batter Spurs. When we go to Spurs and we batter them, you can clip this up, when we batter them, the rest of the league are going to stand up and say, they're going to win the league. And let's not forget, when we play Spurs, it's close to Christmas. And what do they say when you're top of the tree at Christmas? You win the league. The only team that could stop us right now is Liverpool. Because I have full confidence we'll batter City. We'll batter Arsenal. Now we will batter United. When we played you, we didn't have enough. And we, we were too defensive. That was a criticism I made of Lampard. We were too defensive. We gave you too much respect. And we should change the back four straight away. I think in the return fixture for Liverpool, we're gonna we're gonna beat them. I think because they don't have Van Dijk. Mm. Defensively, they look they look good. Attacking wise, they look really good. And I said before, any attack better than Chelsea's? One that I would argue could be is Liverpool's with Jota, Salah, Firmino, and Mane as a front four. They can challenge our mm. front four. But other than that, let's talk about Lampard. I mean, when we talked about consistency and managers. When you look at the three new managers in terms of Solskjaer, Arteta and Lampard, Lampard has the only, been the only one who has kept consistent tactics, consistent formation, and when he's got the players he wanted, consistent starting places. And we're seeing consistency pay off now with the Chelsea team, which I can't say the same for Solskjaer and Arteta. And that's what separates these mm. B-Tech managers from a dog like Lampard. And I'll leave it there. I've got nothing to say. I've, I think you've covered everything. I tend to do that. I had a few questions, but I wouldn't address them now. I'll address them after the next game. You, you can give me a few quick fire now. We've got time. What would you improve after watching? Obviously, it's a 4-1 win, but there's always room for improvement. Yeah. What would you improve from the player's point of view Point players' of point of view, in terms of personnel, well, that's more of a manager's thing. But in terms of players, Zuma needs to cut out the sloppy mistakes. He has one every four games. He'll make a sloppy mistake. He needs to cut that out. The rest of the defence has been immaculate. Goals and assists from the full-backs. Clean sheets everywhere. We've had it all. It's just that's the one thing in the defence. In the midfield, Kante needs to stop giving the ball away too much. But again, that's not his game. He just needs to play the simple pass and give the ball to a teammate. Uh, Havertz needs to stop losing the ball in our own half if he cuts that bit out of his game. When he comes back, once the team have gelled, and then he slots in, it'll be easier for him to get acclimatised again. There's no, I can't really say anything else about the midfield. The attack is the attack. We've scored the most goals, I can't complain. From a manager's point of view, and I know why he's playing Werner as a left winger, but when Pulisic's fit again, he needs to play Werner up top and Tammy needs to be dropped. And that's mad me saying that because Tammy's been scoring a lot of goals, but when Tammy's scoring a lot of goals, Werner's scoring a lot more goals. And that's what happens in a team where you've got good players. So Pulisic on the left, Werner up top, Tammy on the bench. One more criticism. Please give minutes to hudson Adoy. He needs the minutes. Otherwise, we might as well just have the 80 million from Bayern that we got offered in the summer and bought Sancho. But that, that's, only, that's really the only little nitpicking things I would say I'd want to improve. 
that's I think you've covered everything. If it was a more controversial game, obviously I would ask you a lot more questions. It was resounding. It was literally everything was. Do you know what? I predicted four 0 as well, and if they didn't score, I would have got it right. What did I predict? Three one. Like yeah, moving on. City and Liverpool. I think we can just touch on this game. There's not a lot to say. I'll just go real quick. With Liverpool, they ha- they went with the 4-2-4. And outside looking, that's madness. Because you think City and you think they'll pass their way through the midfield. They'll outnumber the midfield. But no, there was method behind Klopp's madness. Because we've seen it. When you attack City, you score goals. And Liverpool have been the example of that for the past few years. And when they started with that four up front, with Jota and Firmino as the strikers, Salah on the right, Manny on the left, and they did interchange. It was very fluid. But they got the goal early. Mm. And then after that, after the first half, after the first 30 minutes, Liverpool went flat. City grew into the game. City were all over them. The amount of chances City had, they could have yeah. finished it. Like Even the De Bruyne penalty, besides the De Bruyne penalty, Jesus could have finished it two, yeah. three times. Um, who was it? De Bruyne with his shots could have finished it. X amount of chances, numerous amount of chances. I was, I was shocked. City should have won. I was literally like, oh, City, they should have won by four one. Honestly, the amount of chances they had, and what pissed me off was that oh, penalty. Yeah. Manny, you diving little fucking good. Yeah, he clipped him, but he could have carried on. Diving little fucking. Oh, he got that penalty. I literally hate it. I'm talking about the De Bruyne yeah. one, and this my mum's cooking, yeah, some chippy tea for me at six o'clock. I'm on the sofa, I'm thinking, oh, De Bruyne a pen, goal. As soon as you missed that one, you fucking Belgian cunt. And my mum looked at me and she, I was like, oh, I'm getting slaps. <laughs> oh, Hamza had an orgasm after seeing that. What, my mum? Hamza. Bloody hell, why would your mum... Oh, I think it's a Hamza had an orgasm after seeing my mum. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to go around his house, get some COVID in the cross. Oh, my dudes. Yeah, but I'm just like... With that um, penalty by Liverpool, I'm just like... He could have stayed on his feet. That's what pisses me off about football nowadays. It's too theatrical. Yeah, yeah I hear that. Like, I saw... I saw um, <clears throat> I was watching the highlights on YouTube. It came on my recommended when United broke the invincible record against Arsenal. That game was very rough and I enjoyed mm. it because that's what yeah. football's about. Sticking your foot in, making the challenges, being... Remember dirty. fouling footy at school? Physical. Oh, I, I love that. Shit out of Joshua because I, broke, I almost broke my foot once. <laughs> it went on you. I think everyone aimed for him. He would show I think I took his tie once, spat on it and put it in the bin. Two Shoebs or Joshua? One of them. I can't remember. I think it was both of them. It was pre-Mr. Forrester, I'll say that. Oh, let's just not get started on oh. pre-fucking Forrester. Nah, but the, the game itself <sighs> is the game itself. I think City, in the grand scheme mm. of things, should have put Liverpool away and they're going to regret that now because they could have closed the gap. But... Just by the by, the reason why this game's interesting is because Liverpool didn't look at the races after 30 minutes. They looked like they blew the load straight away. These these guys are coming up straight away. But what's more interesting is City don't look at all anything at the back or in the midfield or in mm. the attack. Because if you look at City... It's just so empty. It's empty. It's just like there's no threat. Defensively, they're not aware. If you know I'm not I mean. scared of City. I used to be. I'm not anymore because City should be playing Sané, Mares, Aguero. They binned off Sané. He's not playing Mares, and they're playing Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is good, but when Aguero comes back in, he, he has to play. But City look like a blunted edged sword up front. At the back, the names are good: Walker, Laporte, Diaz. Who've they got left back? Cancelo played really well. I love Cancelo. Cancelo's a right Yeah, back. but he played yeah. left back and he looked really good. I think Laporte, oh. Diaz, Cancelo and Edison's fine. They need to address Kyle Walker and then they need to work on defence as a unit because when you attack them, they look all over mm. the place. 
The midfield is dead. Rodri, uh, Gundogan, dead. That don't scare me. It's bog standard. Fernandinho's over it. The only good midfielder they have is KDB. And then up front, the only City attackers that scare me are Aguero and Mares. Sterling's a tapping merchant, gets everything put on the plate on him by De Bruyne. You locked De Bruyne out of the game like Liverpool did for most parts. Yeah. You're not going to have an effective City. So City don't look strong. I don't think they'll even get top four. I think the top four mm. will be Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham and either Leicester, Wolves or Everton. But when you look at Liverpool as well, they were the exact opposite. Liverpool mm. looks so good up front when they're in that first 30 minutes. And defensively, they've lost Van Dijk and I think that's a big miss. But the midfield was very yeah. good. That, that pairing of Henderson and Wijnaldum looked really, really good. For a two-man midfield to boss a three-man midfield, it shows how much work they did. So that was good. But even Liverpool don't look as strong. But that was we expected that. And we said that at the start of the season. They still look good, but they don't look stronger. Downfall. Yeah, not downfall, more of a plateau. Start. They're at the top. They're going down, but they're not going down yet. <laughs> <laughs> Viewers, if you don't know fucking Hamza's like that, was it last episode? episode? Maybe two episodes ago. Oh, couldn't care less. Couldn't care less, but <laughs> they're not going. They're at the top, but they're going they down. They need to fix Moving on to another thick, this thick supporting team, Arsenal. Oh yeah. Do you want to go? or Should I go? Because remember when I talked about that word "go" before? I'm about to go. You got battered 3 0 mm, by go, go, Aston go. Villa. And I know what you're going to tell me. Liverpool got trashed 7 2. That's because. No, well, Aston Villa the team. The viewers. Um, oh. uh, they got oh. trashed 7 2, Liverpool. Rightfully so. Villa were a good team. But I'm not going to come at Villa. And Villa looked really good. But the reason won 3 0 wasn't because they were good. It's because of Arsenal they won 3 0. And I'll take it back to last week when we talked about the 1 0 win. And I said, listen, statistically, United outperformed you. And you want to say you bullied them. You only, you only won 1 0 because of the penalty. Exactly. Penalty. Your XG was 1 because of the penalty. Otherwise, you didn't create anything. United created more than you, and they were in their box the whole time. I watched this game a bit, and defensively, they were poor. They were so bad at defending. Like, you're giving Grealish. Does Mings play for Villa? Yeah, Mings. Yes. Watkins play for Villa? Yeah. Three of them, you're allowing them space. I mean, not space. You're allowing them time. And they dribbled past you. They passed it around. You're a defender. Let's just say you're a defender and I'm attacker. I've got the ball. What do you do? You close them down fast. You don't allow them time to think. You don't allow them space to move and roam. That's what they did. That's why Villa literally opened them up, put their fist in, turned it left and right, took three pulls, that's and took a, it out. That's a bad corner, out. you know. Nah, but yeah. the reason... Well, I know you, I know you the like reason that. Why, the reason, I blame the defence. Yeah, I blame the defence. The reason why I want to go... Is because of Arteta. Because you talk about the defense and everything, you're right. But they played five defenders. Me, two defenders were chasing one man, the the ball carrier. Two defenders were chasing the ball carrier, and that left the man on the right, middle, and the left, wherever he was, free to roam. So all they did, pass it to him, free ball, shot goal. You talk about Grealish there as well. Quick one two one two. You talk about Grealish and and people running after him. Grealish is the most fouled player in the league, and I shout out ATV for this stat, but. He's the most fouled player in the league against Arsenal. There's a reason why. Nobody touched him. Because you allowed him so much free roam. He was dribbling. He was fucking... There was one point where he looked like Ronaldo doing all those fucking... Where he, he was having the time of his life. Step Arsenal over what he called the word. And do you know who I'm going to blame this result on? Truth. Nah, he's a waste man, but... Go on, <laughs> who's gonna blame this loss on? Go, Go on, have a guess. No, Mikel Wenger. Oh, I'm gonna blame it on Mikel. So I was right. Mikel Rogers, whatever you want to call him, he's not Mikel Arteta. He's not Mikel Arteta's blood. He's not that. 
this result is solely on him because even though they beat Liverpool 7-2, Villa have still lost a few games this season, teams that they shouldn't have lost to. It's a funny old season, but mm. the point is this loss is on Arteta. Each game is a different case, and in this case, it's Arteta's fault. We can look at it at many angles. I'll start off with team selection. Why are you playing Aubameyang on the left? I'll never know. Um, why are you playing Tierney at centre-back? I'll never know. Why are you playing Bellerin at right wing-back? I'll never know. Uh, what else did they do? Why are you playing Willian as a right winger? I'll never know. And why are you playing Lacazette up top instead of Enketia, even if it's not Aubameyang? I'll never know. The team selection was appalling. Now, for any person, any football fan with a brain knows Willian is a left winger. I watched AFTV. DT goes, oh, yeah, I'll blame Arteta for the, for the performance and the player selection. Why is he playing Willian as a right winger? He should play him as a 10. When has Willian ever played a 10 in his career besides when he came to Arsenal? Willian is a left winger. When Willian destroyed Tottenham all the time, single-handedly, he was always on the left wing. He came in as a left winger. He is a left winger. He has a right foot, not a left. You don't play a person at 10 if they don't have a good enough ability with both feet most of the time because they should be able to go either way. Willian is a left winger and you've got Arsenal fans telling me he's a number 10 or a right winger. Arteta got that wrong. Aubameyang's a striker. You play your best players in the best position. Why are you playing Aubameyang, the league's golden boot winner two seasons ago and one goal off last season at left wing? And I know you people are going to tell me he scored all his goals at left wing last season. But he didn't. He scored most in strike. And when he was shifted to the left, it's because of his carried on good form. Form is a big thing. Momentum is a good thing. When momentum stops is when the season stops. He needs to play as a striker and Arteta isn't doing that. So his player selection was off. Let's talk about his tactics or lack of. Why are you playing a back five? Five defenders against Aston Villa. I'll never know. Why are you playing a left back at centre back? I won't know. Why are you playing Bukayo Saka at left wing back instead of left wing where he should be? I'll never know. The system was wrong. You don't play five at the back against Aston Villa. You're a bloody Arsenal at home. You play a back four and you attack them. All right, you want to go with your system that you've been going for for a while and you want to go with all reliable, fine. But even when you realise it's not working and he doesn't change the system but goes like for like, what's he expecting? Party went off injured. People tell me Party was the best player. Yeah, he was the best player, but he was the best out of a shit bunch. Let's be honest here. Party was all right. The rest was mm. shit. And then when he finally realises something needs to change, he doesn't change the system and go more attacking. He leaves the five defenders on, but he goes like for like. He leaves Aubameyang on the left. He he puts Enketia on down the middle and he puts Pepe on the right. The same thing's going to happen. The same players are going to get isolated because that whole game, the front line was isolated from everything else. It was just a villa carving Arsenal open. And when you've got... And this, this moves me on to my next point about how Arteta just isn't fit for the job. It's too big of a job for him. When you've got players like Aubameyang, Pepe, Lacazette, that's the most expensive front line in the league. You've got these amount of investments in the team in the front line. You've been given Thomas Party, which you've been wanting for a while. You've been given Gabriel Magalhaes that you've been wanting for a while. You've got, all right, the keeper makes a lot of mistakes, but he's been saving you some points. You've got the left back you wanted. Why are you not playing the team you should be playing? He doesn't even have a set way of playing either. He chops and changes all the time. And then I hear Arsenal fans saying, back to process. What is the process? Your manager's playing defensive against Aston Bloody Villa. I don't know what it is. And I'll finish on this point. Arsenal should be a four-at-the-back team. In special circumstances, they can go to a back three. But when you play Arsenal as a back four, you need Leno in there. You need Taney. You need Maitland-Niles at right back. You need Magalhaes and you need David Luiz at centre-half. You need Party. You need Meza Ozil. You need a Bamiang up front. You need Pepe on the right. You need William on the left. Not Saka. Saka's dead. He has no end product in the league. Only has it in the Europa League. His level. Put William on the left. Put Pepe on the right. Put Abbott on the middle. But he's not doing any of this. So when people try to cuss Lampard out, and I'm like, look at your manager. That's all I have to say. I think you've I just hate it. Arsenal. That's it. 
I was I was gonna mention the player rotation and uh, roles as well, but you already mentioned that. But you see, if um, me and you can see it, why can't he see it? We can see a lot of things. We see a lot of things. But I just don't understand what they see. I want to I want to live rent free in his head just to see what I want to see a documentary about the Tottenham. For Arsenal. Well, yeah. with Arsenal. Honestly. It'll be a fucking joke, mate. It'll be a joke. Joke isn't even the word. That's coming move on, it's getting me angry. Yeah. Predictions. Predictions. First, first, Hamza is like, uh, moving on to the prediction. Uh, my All thing. Right. Forget his. Hamza said his predictions. We won't touch on them now. We'll just say ours. We've had ours ready. You, you can read it. Uh, first game, it's Saturday, Sunday. Not Friday, Saturday, Sunday. On Monday, it's just Saturday, Sunday. First game on Saturday, Newcastle, Chelsea. I put Chelsea is with 3-0 Werner. Is this 12 o'clock kickoff? Oh, I think it's a half twelve one. Because there's, uh, there, there's oh, eight games dead. on Saturday. Eight well, games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Well, you have to. Ah, you know, you have to be right. Chelsea. I've gone 5-0 Chelsea-Werner. Mate, I've four goals for Chelsea against Sheffield. I'm confident. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Werner first goal, yeah? Uh, uh, next game Villa v Brighton I thought Villa win 3-1 I got 3-0 Villa Watkins Watkins form is going to take him through this game okay okay Burnley versus Palace I thought Palace win 2-1 I've got 2-0 Zaha Mm. Fulham versus Everton I thought Everton win 3-1 DCL you want to guess what I thought 3-0 3-0 DCL. DCL. Oh, bloody hell, mate. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. clean sheets here. Liverpool-Leicester. I put it as a draw. Two Vardy. I put 2-1 liverpool Money. No, no clean sheet here. United-West Brom. I put United win 3-1. Bruno, I put United 3-0 Rashford. Oh, similar sounds, I think. Wolves versus Southampton. This was a sticky one. I, mm. I kept changing this one. But I put Southampton win 3 2. I put 3 1 Southampton, Che Adams. I would have put Ings, but man's mm. in hospital, isn't it? Yeah, he's not back until yeah. December or something like that. That's the thing, like, I, I was bouncing on 3 1, 3 2, 3 1, 3 2, but then it's Wolves Wolves, also goals, goals. Goals. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, but it could. They've got the potential. That's why I was like, you know what? They've got the potential. They're a nearly team teams. when it comes to attacking. Let's we'll put it that way. Mm. Moving on, Spurs v City. I put Spurs win three one. Kane. Ooh, I put two one. City Sterling. Ooh. I had to. You think City's going to win because the the ground out result against Arsenal. They should have beat Liverpool. Did they get results against big team City, so Yeah, but they bottled it. The bottle jobs. You said they should have beat Liverpool, they should have yeah, but that might it. just be an off day. Plus, with Spurs they've not played anybody big yet, which is which is why they're top of the table. Yeah. Moving on, first game of Sunday, Sheffield West Ham. I put West Ham win two one One nil Sheffield, McGoldrick. Because Sheffield mm. have played all the big teams. They've not played anybody small. That's why they don't have any points. True, mm. true. Last game. This is a very controversial one for me. Leeds-Arsenal. I thought draw 1-1. One, one, you know what? If this was before Leeds were on that crappy run, I'd have him spanking Arsenal. But exactly. I think That's Leeds are going to be the Norwich, but they won't go down. Like when Norwich played really mm. good football. I did, I did put Leeds... Uh, win 2 1, but uh-huh. I changed it to a draw. I don't know why. I just had a feeling it'll be a draw. Remember when know, Norwich came up goal. and they were scoring goals, you? beating big teams, performing really well? Yeah, what's the name? Yeah, Pookie and, and Hanwell. Just held off. I think Leeds are doing that. But I nah, think nah, Everton nah, are doing that. Everton, look. They, they fall. Nah, I just look back. 
They'll come. They've lost last two but games. But with Leeds, they're just going to fizzle out, but they won't go down because they've got Bielsa. They've got, they got a mind in control. They don't have, I don't know, unproven bloody German guy over the hell is Farker or something. Like, fuck off, retard. <laughs> but for this game, I've gone Arsenal mm. 3, Leeds 1, Aubameyang. Yeah. Arsenal 3? Because wow. I think Leeds will open up. And when you open up against a back five, you get overloaded. Which is why you always match mm. a back three with a back three. Which is why Chelsea never lose to Wolves ever. We'll see, we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, going to wrap up. Thank you so much for coming on, even though the other melt backed out. Um, right, right, don't forget to it, check the Insta page. The Bro Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. The Bro Podcast. Oh, Lord, okay, that was no spaces. Uh, thank you, AJ, for coming on. And I'll see you see in you two weeks.